Beer with Buffy is a retro analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. Competition is a beautiful thing. We're Slayer's girlfriend, the chosen two. Why should we let him take all the Gosh, I'm feeling chipper. <laughs> Who's for a root beer? Jeez. I don't like vampires. Take a stand and say they're not good. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. On today's episode of Beer with Buffy, we're going to be talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, episode 5 of season 3, entitled Homecoming. Anyway, we have voicemails. We have several voicemails that we would like to discuss. Yeah. As it were. We're, we're a little backed up on the voicemails. Uh, yeah. Well, we were saving them, hoarding them for a good purpose, and here we are. Yeah. With these voicemails, these voicemails of love, <laughs> of appreciation, and we're about to send that love and appreciation right back at you, starting with Kenny. Hi, Kenny. Hello. <laughs> Yo, this is Kenny. I thought I'd call this number once or twice, but I wasn't drunk enough, I guess. I just stumbled across a fact about Sarah Michelle Geller. I guess she created this website called Bootsters about modern making. I don't know. Thought that was kind of cool. Drunk enough to share it. I love your podcast. Peace. Thanks for calling us, Kenny. Congratulations on having enough liquid courage to uh, to call a voicemail of a podcast. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Uh, I mean, I, don't no. I know plenty of people who can't make any phone calls. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of phone anxiety going around these days, especially in younger people. You know, kind of starting with our generation. You know, the mid 30s. I never really had bad phone anxiety, but when I was younger, I I did a little bit. And honestly, what always helped me was jotting down notes, like bullet points of things I want to say before I make the phone call. Yeah, well, if if it's like a job interview or if it's like a complex situation that I'm trying to handle and I know I need to be succinct and careful about what I say, then sure. But that so rarely happens. Well, now, yeah. Yeah. I worked a switchboard right out of college for a few months and I just, you know, I was born in the 80s. I still use a phone like a phone. So, <laughs> well, I just don't really get where it's all coming from per se. Honestly, the number one thing that got me over it was doing a fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think you'll all find that if you were to do a side by side, that you will notice a marked increase in our confidence and articulation abilities starting from season now, one. Now I'm drinking because I want to drink, not because I need the liquid courage. <laughs> to cool down your nerves, absolutely. So anyway, the point is, we understand, Kenny. We really are happy that you made that step, and we'll get back to you in just a moment. And so our second email, not email, voicemail, our second voicemail uh, was from a girl. At least we assume you're a girl. You didn't give us a name or a gender pronoun preference or anything. Yeah. But that's okay. Hi, Josh. Hi, Rex. Love the podcast. It's great. You guys are doing a fantastic job. 
<laughs> and also, you guys have a nice, fresh perspective. But, yes, do a podcast episode on the movie, please. And, yes, the coat is from the movie, and you guys are wrong. She did burn down the fucking gym. That's canon. Uh, Nicholas Brendan, <laughs> do you guys know what he's actually up to? Horrible past legally. Like, he's actually nice guy Xander in real life, kind of. Except for sometimes he gets back on the wagon and tries to be a good boy, but he does watch parties, and I'm scared to go to them. Anyways, big fan. Great job. Thanks. Keep doing it. Thank you on complimenting the fresh perspective. Yeah. I, You know, when we first started this, I didn't expect that we would get like actual compliments on our perspective on the show. Yeah, I and was really that's... worried that people were going to be like, you couple of backwoods goblins. <laughs> the hell are you doing with a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast? The other part is, I I realize it has been a very long time since I've seen the Buffy movie. It has. And the more I think about it, the more I realize I don't remember shit about that movie. No, me either. Except that Pee Wee Herman is one of the main bad guys. And yes. God, I can't wait to rewatch it because it's going to be hilarious. We have plans for the Buffy movie. Special plans. We are not going to divulge what those plans are just yet. But we have plans. On a completely unrelated note, we may or may not be thinking about doing live shows at cons. <coughs> what? It's com- Nobody could ever attach <laughs> those two lines of logic, Rex. Sure. I don't know which problem is here. So, Nicholas Brendan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, we don't want to make this a gossip show. Okay, caveat uh, here. As the day of recording this, Nicholas Brendan has had uh, domestic assault charges pressed against him. He's been accused. He has pled not guilty to domestic violence. Mm-hmm. We have heard some instances of questionable behavior on his part. Yeah, I mean, we'd, we'd heard that he had some, like, alcohol issues. I never heard anything specifically about uh, domestic abuse or rape or anything like that. Anything super creepy, but, I mean, if there's something like that going on, we would like to know... But I just want to get out of the way that we do not condone any type of physical, mental, emotional, or just fucking any type of abuse. Unquestionably. And there is a major issue with famous people using that power against fans. It's definitely been going around recently. No, he'll be Kevin Spacey to us (laughs) if that's how it goes down. Yeah. Basically... We just want to make a very clear distinction between any praise that we're giving is based solely on either A, content of the fictional character, or B, content solely of that actor's ability at the time to portray said fictional character. Yes. This is not about bashing real people. Nicholas Brennan has one hell of a colorful history, but there is a lot of weight to that that... We, as people who just know him as a figure... We have some clickbait information exactly. on it. And yeah, we, we did know that he does watch parties. I honestly didn't really think anything of it. I mean, yeah. it's it's interesting now that you mentioned that you're scared to go to those. Yeah, definitely. It, I'm, I'm curious if there's any... Are there any articles or cited incidents or witnesses of anything actually bad happening at any of his watch parties? Yeah, we, we are interested in... Following this sort of information, we're really focused just on the characters they're portraying and the actors in the moment. So, yeah, that's where that is. 
on a lighter note, Kenny called us again. Yeah. Thanks for calling back, Kenny. You actually called in just a couple hours before we were ready to record. Yeah. So you just made it. You sounded a little less drunk. Yeah. So you must have felt a little bit more confident about your call. Here, let's show them or play it for them. This is Kenny again. I just listened to the Hoot Nanny one, season three, episode two, and y'all made fun of Xander for popping his collar up on his jacket and said no one wears it like that. I just want to let you know, I wear it like that. So, fuck you guys. Love your podcast. Peace. So, Kenny, you're a collar popper, eh? (laughs) Well, fuck you too, Kenny. Fuck you very much. I hope you are a collar popper. Oh, he is. Because if you're falsely claiming a popped collar... He's a self-proclaimed collar popper. He is a collar popper lover. If you're a false collar popper, Kenny, nothing's going to happen because I have no idea where you live. I bet you wear crappy plastic crosses, too. (laughs) Sicko. Obviously, they'd have to be the the big ones that are the size of your head. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And he keeps it right in front of the clock that he wears. Yes. On a chain. (laughs) Are you doing Xander cosplay when you pop your collar? (laughs) Uh, If you are, stop it. Yes. Anyway. No reason. Just saying. Thank you for calling the show. Both of you. Thank you for loving the show. Yeah. We love ma- we love making it for you. Love, 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 love. Josh, on to the mom synopsis. Joshua, it's my birthday. What are you doing <laughs> on my birthday? You better be making it all about me. How is that any different from any other day? Because it's my birthday. <laughs> I see. <laughs> <coughs> oh, ow. <laughs> <sighs> Beer is a bad substitute for oxygen. <laughs> I apologize. Continue with the mom synopsis. Joshua! <laughs> why are you substituting beer for air? <laughs> Next thing I know, you're going to be eating Tide Pods. <laughs> Funny you should mention that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We never ate Tide Pods. <laughs> they were off-brand. <laughs> <laughs> Were they GMO? You know that shit'll kill you, Josh. (laughs) Yes, they were GMO off-brand Tide Pods. (laughs) Just drink a little coconut oil. (laughs) It'll fix anything. Should I spray some Windex on my zits while I'm at it? Actually, now that you mention it. Alright, whatever. Just tell me what's going on with Supernatural. Wait, what? I mean Buffy the Vampire Slayer. God, I love Dean. Yeah, he's the only one on the show that can act. This podcast is about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Joshua! Ah, I'm so glad you're here to keep me on track. (laughs) God, I don't know what I'd do with all the years of my life that I didn't live at home. I don't have anything to vent about today, Rex. (laughs) I figured, given that it was your mom's birthday, you'd have plenty to work from. (laughs) Happy birthday to you! Keep singing. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. (laughs) 
Did you buy me flowers, Joshua? <laughs> but it's not my birthday. <laughs> I thought you wanted flowers on my birthday because that's the day that I came out of your hoo-ha. I... <laughs> Who? Ha? <laughs> We've done that. We've done that one. <laughs> All right, Joshua. I need to breathe, man. <laughs> For my birthday, I would like very much for you to tell me all about this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay, well, in this episode, Scott breaks up with Buffy, good riddance, but it's okay because it turns out she's being stalked by Mr. Trick and a band of mercenary weirdo hunters that all threw into a pool to bet on who would be able to kill her, the, uh, who would be able to win the hunt. Meantime... Buffy gets into a huge fight with Cordelia because she's being an insensitive Cordy. <laughs> and she decides to run against her for the homecoming prom queen. She decides to go to this dance with Faith and they all decide to get a limo, even though none of them seem to be able to afford it, even though Cordelia seems really, really rich. Like, we really find out who has money in this episode and who doesn't. And it's pretty much just like we expected. Buffy and Cordelia get kidnapped instead of Buffy and Faith, and they they work it out just fine. The whole time, they're still just worried about who's going to win Homecoming Prom Queen, and then neither of them win, and it's fun. And it's it's actually a really good bonding episode for Buffy and Cordelia. Yeah. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> yes, happy birthday to you, Mom. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to listen to these after she dies, and I'm going to feel like such a shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> Probably. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 vampire. Competition is a beautiful thing. Cold open. At the bronze. The bronze. An angle of the bronze we have not yet seen before. Was it? Yeah. Ah. Do regale. From, from the counter. The camera was sitting where the barista slash bartender would be. Huh. The stage was behind them. I didn't notice. But yeah, it, the Scoobies are all hanging out talking about homecoming and their plans and whether they want to get a limo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffy's sitting there just kind of zoned out distant. Xander's the first one to be like, how about we take the city bus instead? And then as soon as Cordelia's offended by that, he's like, or we should take a limo. Uh, whatever. Well, he, he specifically, because Oz offers up using his van if it's about, you know, funds. Oh, yeah, he did. And then Cordy's like, ew, van. <laughs> and then Xander goes, oh, I guess we'll get a limo. Yeah. You'll have plenty of time to think about taking a limo to the homecoming dance when you're living in a van down by the river. Anyway, Scott hasn't asked her yet yeah. to go. And then he drops in. Willow Vero very narrowly avoids putting her foot in her mouth. Only to have Cordy put Willow's foot in her mouth. Yeah, I <laughs> I didn't even understand why that would have been a foot in the mouth moment had she finished her sentence. Because the way she was delivering it implied that things were not going well between her and Scott. Ah. Uh, but then Scott asks her to prom. 
Yeah, they're like, well, I would if you want to. Oh, okay, I, if that's what you want to do. And Oz says, the judges will accept that as a yes. Yeah, I don't know. What do you want to do today? I don't know. What are you? I don't start that again. Anyway. <laughs> so, cut to Angel's lurky hole. <laughs> like a looky-loo. I've never n- heard the term I'm looky-loo. I'm not familiar with this term. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Angel's pacing back and forth, kind of out of sorts, he seems, and stalks up to a curtain, opens the curtain, it's Buffy. Yep, she's bringing him soup, uh, or shit, yeah, she's bringing him blood like soup from a deli. Yep. Now, he hasn't been gone long enough to lose his apartment. No, no, he hasn't. (laughs) What did happen to his apartment? And there's amenities in said apartment. Yeah. You'd think it would actually be very comforting for him to go back to his apartment. Yeah. But he's just freaking out in this... where all his stuff is. In this weird, like, concrete back room construction zone warehouse area. No, no. It's the manor that was the lair. Oh, he's still back in the lair, Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe he'll feel safer in the lair. This scene isn't shot well enough to really show the actual building he's in. Yeah, it's almost like they lost access to be able to film in the in the mansion. Maybe. And they just wanted us to think that they were there. I, I really know. want to know where she got this blood, though. Because it's in, like you said, a deli like soup container or like the soup container from a Chinese food. Maybe it's from a butcher shop because I don't think she'd have given him human blood. No, no. It's got to be like pig's blood or something. Yeah, or cow's blood or whatever. Yeah. And I think a butcher shop would give it to you. Yeah. Something like that. They're not going to put it in a... There there are actually recipes you can make with blood. Oh, fun. They're mostly gross and disgusting. Yeah, probably. One of them involves clotted blood. (laughs) Um, It's disgusting. So anyway, he's a bit despondent yeah. to pretty much everything she says, except for I'm and involved has, with someone. Yeah. She also first mentions nobody knows that he is back and better. And she has no intention of telling anyone that he's back. Yeah. Because she doesn't think they would understand. Way to underestimate your friends again. But. But. Yeah. Like, she's probably uh, right. They, yeah, they certainly wouldn't accept it without a fight. With th- everyone's response to her coming back at the beginning of this season? She could tell Giles. She could tell Giles. She should tell Giles. Yeah. She basically has told Giles. If Giles didn't figure out that there was something weird about that conversation, then that's not my ripper. Right? I love that phrase. I'm sticking with that. No, it's excellent. <laughs> that's my ripper. The other part is... No one knows why he came back, and there could, like, from from the Buffy perspective, there could be big things going on as to why the fuck he came back from hell, and maybe someone should ask those questions. That could be indicative of larger problems. Right. Absolutely. Now, granted, this, I don't think, pans out in any way, shape, or form on the story, but that's kind of like a hell-mouthy thing to happen, and maybe you should take note. Yeah. Like, it could be, uh, you know, a pretty good excuse for you to run off to a different city and make your own TV show. Yeah. Angel. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure what you'd call it, but. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, Buffy tells him about his her boyfriend. She just finishes singing Scott's praises and then cut very dramatically to the school. Where Scott breaks up with her. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, a lot. Quite a lot, really. Yeah. <laughs> 
because apparently she's too distracted and boring now. I think he's just a dick face, has been yeah. all along, and uh, I kind of called it. I never liked him. Under no circumstances does getting to know someone reaffirm 100% your first impressions of that person. The person you get to know over time is different from the person you first thought you were meeting. Almost always. That's because people are fucking complicated. Yeah. More importantly, he fucking knows she went through some shit. Oh, yeah. He's being a total dick here. Yeah, completely. And, I mean, my theory is, spoiler alert, we see him at the dance later with another girl. I think he saw that this other girl was interested, and he asked her to the dance, and that's why he hadn't asked Buffy. Yeah. He was planning on breaking up with her, and then he got pinned down about it. Yeah. I, th- I think I think you're right on there. He's a player. He's a womanizer. He's a piece of shit. Fuck you, Scott. You fictional character bastard. And right in this moment in pure Buffy sadness, uh, some random dudes are spying on her from a van. Yeah, they're really loving the dramatic zoom outs and cuts and swipes with yeah. this episode. So we get a, a big, fancy, dramatic zoom out. It's actually pretty impressive how they did this shot. I... Like, I don't know that much about camera work. Um, yeah, I don't. I have no idea. Or After Effects. So I I assume they were probably zoomed in and then just did a really fast zoom out with, you know, one of those turny things uh, <laughs> you put on the camera lens. Uh, the the lens? The, the, is it a scope? Telescope. There's telescopic lens. Telescopic lens. There ha! it is. We're, we know what we're talking about, guys. We're good at this. So they do this really fancy, dramatic, <laughs> long zoom out, and it goes right into the viewfinder of the binoculars that this random dude in a creepy van down by the river. Okay, he's not really down by the river. He's actually just on the street. I'm positive free candy was spray painted on the other side of that van. (laughs) They hook up the camera feed of watching Buffy to a fucking modem with a cell phone. Oh my God. Well, so I thought it was pretty impressive that they were able to plug the binoculars into a data feed that put the viewfinder on a monitor but yeah. then they lost me when that monitor was plugged into a f- crappy flip cell phone that had old school dial-up modem sound effects that gave it a live stream feed to a data control center. Yeah. That was some bullshit. There's no fucking way. Not like, in a million years. This is less plausible than the episode with the robot predator dude. Who and they had the live camera feed over the internet. Well, no, that that at least could have been a hard wire. This is through a fucking cell phone. Oh yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and also, it's can you can you do dial up modem shit with a cell phone? Yes, you could. Okay, you could back then. Uh, all right. And then we go to the opening sequence. Sure. I thought Mr. Trick was supposed to be the technophile. Yeah, I don't know. And then they brought in this old dude who's all like, I'm the future. <laughs> and see, 
<laughs> Dude, you're the future of this community's bingo game. That's about it. Granted, <laughs> they didn't establish whether or not he's a vampire or some other sort of demon or monster. It's safe to assume that he was... They probably had to coach the actor into how to look like he's using a computer. I think that guy won a contest and they needed a role to put him in. <laughs> I've seen him before. Yeah? Small bit parts TV movies, that sort of thing, probably. But okay. He, he looked familiar for some reason. Fine. Anyway, after the opening sequence, we go to the mayor's office. <laughs> we get to meet the mayor. Finally meeting the mayor. He's kind of annoying. Yeah. I don't like him. I don't like this villain. What are we going to do? Mayor of Sunnydale, we meet the mayor and his aide, Alan. <laughs> Alan is telling the mayor about some wanted criminals, mm -hmm. the Germans, the dudes in the van. Oh, is that who they were? Yep. Oh, uh, fun. Um, And the mayor is more concerned about the smell of the paper that Alan has given him. It must have smelled like mayonnaise. <laughs> I miss Drew and Spike. Me too. I really do. But yeah, the mayor gives this whole spiel about Alan's hands not being clean enough. and Because his dear mother said cleanliness is next to godliness. And I believed her. She never caught a cold. I would be terrified of him as well if I were Alan. Yeah. Because he's definitely that kind of emotionally abusive, power-hungry psychopath. So nice, he's obviously unhinged. Yes. <laughs> I got one of those people at my work. <laughs> right? He tells Alan to put these two guys under surveillance. Yep. He wants to know if any other colorful characters have come to town, which I find a bit racist as he has Mr. Trick arrested later. So, back to the school. Mm-hmm. For picture day... Whoever was taking Xander's picture was not paying attention at all. And whoever was taking his picture should have slapped him. Because Xander's picture is the skeeziest fucking expression I've ever seen. It wasn't any worse than Cordelia's smile. Dude, Xander's head was cocked to the side, slightly angled, and looked like he was auditioning for the mask. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a good look for him. I don't see what the problem is. It's skeezy looking. Okay. Anyway, and Willow has a really nice smile, and then they take too long to snap the picture, and they end up getting her going, what? And Oz's picture is just blank expression. Yeah, very stoic. Definitely stoic for Oz. Even for Oz. Yeah. Mm. After the pictures, uh, Willow is talking to Xander and wants Xander's help working on picking out a dress? What the fuck? Yeah. Why do you want Xander's help? Oh, well, I mean, he's he's a guy. He's her best friend, and she wants help picking out a dress that's going to make Oz go, and I quote, Huh. To be fair, that would be pretty significant from Oz. <laughs> right? I mean... <laughs> I mean... But, not, no, no, why Oz isn't she asking Buffy? Oz has emotions. Well, because she, Buffy doesn't have a penis. She wants a man's opinion. So why is Buffy not also invited to this yeah, uh, dress-picking party? Xander is still the wrong person to pick because it's been well established that Xander's not really into her, but he's kind of... In, I don't know. It's he, shoehorned. It's fucking shoehorned. It's a little it shoehorned. Is. I'm not going to say fucking shoehorned, but agree to disagree on that one. 
But yeah, uh, Cordy is scoping out the Homecoming Queen competition. Yeah. I kind of just wish the Homecoming Queen part wasn't even part of this goddamn fucking episode. I like how they did it in the long run, but we'll get to that later. So... Specifically, though, Buffy doesn't know it's picture day. Yeah, well... Has no one seen Buffy before this point in the... Like, they fucking know that Buffy's in the library. No one's mentioned picture day before now. Well, I mean, kudos to Oz, because he had the forethought to realize that she wasn't at school the day it was announced when picture day would be. Right. Granted, nowadays, I feel like there's flyers, memos and shit shit posted about that, because obviously every day somebody's going to be absent. And anyway, regardless... They they mash a lot of expository information into this tiny conversation. Also, I don't know about your school, but my school had a fucking backup day where if you missed pictures on the first day, like a week later, there was another fucking day. You're right. And I had to use that once or twice. I used it all the time because <laughs> on picture day, I'd be like, oh, fuck, picture day. Right. Anyway, so Cordy says that she is going to... Well, Xander... Um, Xander knows where Buffy is. He says, well, Buffy and Faith are in the library getting all sweaty. Jesus Christ, Xander. Cordy's like, oh, don't you mean working out? I stand by my statement. I stand by my phrasing is what he said. It's like, oh, of course you do. Anyway, so yeah, Cordy decides um, to be good enough to go tell Buffy about the pictures on her way to get an ice pack because it shrinks her pores. Which, I mean, she's not wrong on that account, but... It only shrinks your pores for the time that you have the ice pack. Yeah. It's not like a permanent thing, Cordy. Yeah. Speaking of shoehorned plot points. Also, ice pack will make your skin blotchy from the cold. The more you know. Yes, it's time to listen. The good guys are always stalwart and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. We always defeat them and save the day. So we go to the library where Buffy has some quality rage going on. I bet that Giles is super fucking thrilled that Faith is here for them to train together. Yeah, I don't see why not. No, because he doesn't have to suit up and get his ass kicked all the fucking time. Right? (laughs) I mean, I feel like he stopped doing that a while ago anyway, because he realized it was fucking worthless. I mean, there's fighting dummies for that anyway. And yeah. punch, that's what punching bags are for. Anyway, so Faith praises Buffy's strength and attributes it to her being broken up with and says, you should get broken up with more often, which is a little funny, but also a bit insensitive. Meh. It is insensitive, but the angle that Faith takes it is kind of great. Faith is being supportive in her own unique way. Yeah. And I think she's actually being a very good friend to Buffy. Yeah. Because her her whole mentality is, you know what? Fuck that guy. Yeah. And that's exactly how she should be. Yeah. it It was out of nowhere and for no good reason, which tells me that his interest in her was superficial at best to begin with yep so whatever anyway faith suggests that she come with buffy to the dance because buffy already has the tickets i'm not sure how i feel about her suggestion that they find a couple of studs to use i mean i can get on board 
as long as the guys are sufficiently douchey. <laughs> but even still, I just don't like that mentality of, hey, let's use people to make us feel better. Right. That's fucked up. I don't no, like that. that. That is. Faith is still a flawed character. More supportive than we may have re- realized she would be, but she's still Faith. Yeah. And then outside the library, Cordy completely fails to tell Buffy about the photo day. For no good fucking reason. Like, she has to... Fuck. She already had her head poked through the door. Right. But she has to schmooze. I can't say that word properly. Schmooze. Schmooze. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much said it. Okay, she has to schmooze with the fucking people... I didn't write down their names, but she's like, hey, hey, you don't call. You don't write. Yeah. Some fucking guy that walks by is more important to her. Like, she's better friends with Buffy at this point than that. Yeah. Come on. I didn't buy it. Another shoehorned plot hole moment. This is another episode that suffers from remembering season one, but forgetting season two. It remembers the rough bones of the relationships going on here, Mm -hmm. but not the depth of the relationships going on. Yeah, it made no sense how how much their friendship suddenly regressed. Exactly. In this episode. But anyway, so consequentially, not so much incidentally, Buffy misses picture day. Yep. And then we're in... We go to the promenade! Yeah, Buffy's trying to get a, a teacher recommendation. This is apparently her favorite teacher, even though I don't recognize her. Did you? Nope. Okay. Anyway, I didn't really get any quotes from this, but the teacher doesn't remember her at all. No. She's like, were you absent a lot? And, I mean, she probably was. Oh, yeah. But it is harsh. So, then we cut to the cafeteria. Yep. And Buffy's, you know, she's sad because she actually, like, really loved that teacher and, you know, really wanted to try and connect with her. But Cordelia is still shamelessly campaigning to be yep. prom queen. Oz lets it slip that she that her last bastion of hope for having a semblance of a normal life is gone because she missed picture day. Yep, and this and is Cordy, apparently the next day. Yep, and Cordy was supposed to tell her but didn't. Buffy confront, confronts Cordy about being selfish. And Cordy is not just season one harsh. But, like, within the first six episodes of season one, Harsh. Yeah, this is, like, (laughs) top-tier shitty Cordy. Yeah. So, uh, Cordelia accuses her of not having a clue what it would entail to run for prom queen. Buffy says, well, obviously it involves handing out totally lame flyers. Cordelia responds, no, it involves actually being a part of this school and having actual friends. I take issue with the actual friends part because they're all completely superficial whatever friends. And then Buffy vows to win the prom queen crown against Cordelia, which I don't I don't get why she takes such huge issue with this. Is she just bored? Because it seems pretty obvious to me that she really didn't stand a chance. No. And she should know that she doesn't stand a chance because she really Hasn't been able, with being a Slayer, she hasn't been able to truly be part of the community of the high school. Yeah. That's what she's upset about. And that's what was extra shitty about what Cordy said. Exactly. It's like, she's, she wants that, and now you're grinding it in like it's her own fault. Exactly. And, like, so obviously Buffy has no fucking chance in winning this. Yeah. But she tries anyway, and I think it has just... It's a a last-ditch 
effort to re-grab the glory days of when she was a freshman in high school and she was in L.A. Because she used to be one of the popular kids and she kind of misses that. But I'm glad she's getting it out of her system and hopefully realizes that that's not who she is anymore. And maybe that was kind of important in a way, but ultimately, I don't know. In my opinion, I'm just like, high school shit. It's it's not yep. the best time of your life. It's it'll get better in way in many ways. I promise. Yep. So then we go to Mr. Mr. Trick's place, Layer three point Layer three point and Mr. Trick is hosting an event. And between breathing heavily as he waxes annoyingly about competition, we get. A pretty good speech. Did you write down much of his speech? I I didn't. So I kind of assumed you would. Here was my favorite part about Mr. Trick's speech. Well, I'm not going to be able to do a very good... You know what? I'm I'm just going to give it my best shot here. Competition. Competition is a beautiful thing. It, (laughs) It makes us... Strive and it makes us accomplish. I don't know. It's just there were so many gratuitous S's and breaths in there. Do you think maybe Mr. Trick is constipated? No, I think he's a bad actor. Um. <laughs> so, anyway, no, competition. Competition is a beautiful thing. It makes us strive. It makes us accomplish. Occasionally, it makes us kill. We all have the desire to win, and whether we're human, vampire, and whatever the hell you are, my brother, you got the spiny-looking head thing going on? I've never seen that before. <laughs> that <laughs> demon looked awesome. I... <laughs> he looked like Robbie the Dinosaur. I thought he looked badass. Yeah, uh, He looks like Robbie the Dinosaur grew up and joined a cult. Okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I can accept that. All right. <laughs> And he says, I am Kulak of the Mequod clan or some shit. <laughs> and Trick's like, well, isn't that nice? <laughs> <laughs> I, the actor for Tr- Mr. Trick is really trying to capture Eddie Murphy. Early career Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah, a little bit. That's funny because for that last line there, I was channeling Donkey a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't that nice? Yeah. Now I'm a flying, talking donkey. (laughs) (laughs) We should figure out what kind of deal this is. I mean, is it a gathering, a shindig, or a hootenanny? Well, gathering is three mellow song stylings. Shindig, dip. Less mellow song stylings, perhaps a large amount of malt beverage. And hootenanny. What's chock full of hoot, just a little bit of nanny. So, we find out that all of these um, weird monsters and demons and whatever are here. One of them is Lyle from the Bad Eggs episode. Yeah, that ridiculous cowboy yep. vampire. And he's gotten married. He sure did. Oh, sorry. He's gotten hitched. Hitched. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Slayer Fest 98. Yeah. So, you know, we can't... S- we can't say that without advertising another podcast. So, <laughs> big shout out to Slayer Fest '98. You guys are pretty neat. Oh, there is there's a podcast Slayer Fest. Yeah, they're one of the other Buffy podcasts. Oh shit, that's where they get their name. That's never- where they got their name. How did I never connect those dots? <laughs> 
Uh, well, that's just neat. <laughs> I, I just want to say kudos on the <laughs> on your podcast name. Talk about a deep reference there, my friends. Yeah, I did not even catch that. <laughs> so congratulations. Yes. No, no, but seriously. So we cut to Willow's room and Xander is putting on a tux. Willow happens to have one of those screen divider things that you change clothes in. Yeah, behind. one of those like changing station things. Which, of course, she propped a light up behind so that it casts a shadow on the fucking screen you like have you're to. supposed to. You have to. I'd be mad if they didn't. Exactly. We get a good line here. Xander mentions spending good money on this tux. Yeah. Willow's like, didn't you get it from your cousin? Well, they're the only relations with money, and they shun us, as they should. I agree, but not for the reasons that he means. Exactly. <laughs> like, they should shun you because you're a shithead, not because you don't have money. I also liked Willow's line just before that. She says, it's my first big dance, you know, where there's a boy in a band, and it's not just me alone in my bedroom pretending there's a boy in a band. <laughs> yeah. She tries on a couple of just shitty outfits and then a decent black dress. Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay. So it's not like, wow. It looked really good on her. It looked really good on her, but it was not necessarily a wow dress. I disagree. I, I was like, mm, good choice. So as she's trying this on, Xander's like, they were talking about Cordelia. I, I didn't really find it noteworthy what led into this, but he yeah. says, a gentleman never talks about his conquests. And I was like, ooh, ixnay on the conquests, quay, or however that goes. <laughs> Pig Latin. Use it. Abuse it. And so Willow says, oh, yeah. Well, since when did you become a... <gasps> gentleman as she takes in him in his tux and i'm like he looks like a fucking priest to be fair though it's probably like the first time she saw him wearing a shirt and jacket that fit that properly fit. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah also the answer is never a gentleman <laughs> a gentleman is just a patient wolf and xander is not patient so a gentleman is just a patient is that from something i've heard it around i don't know what it's from Gentleman is just a patient wolf. Honestly, he's not a wolf. He's a coyote. Yeah. He's a scavenger. Or a... A hyena. A hyena. <laughs> right? There was yeah. an episode about that, wasn't there? <laughs> I was like, wait, I'm ringing a bell. There's definitely a bell ringing. <laughs> so, they actually both look quite good. Yeah. And I think maybe, a maybe it's just that Willow's dress isn't the kind of style dress that I'm particularly into. Yeah. I'm a sucker for backless. It was honestly. appropriately sexy. Like, oh man, we saw all those forearms. <laughs> Next thing you know, we're going to see some ankles and someone's going to get kicked out of school. <laughs> but she's worried that she can't dance in that dress. Obviously coming from someone who has no experience in dancing because you don't move much during slow dancing, especially in high school homecoming. And so Xander takes it upon himself to teach her how to dance, but he's teaching her the middle school style of slow dancing. Yep. Where you literally just hold hands and rock back and forth. Yeah. No rotation. None. No side to side. Yeah. No step movement or anything. Uh-huh. It's, it's an extended hug. 
So yeah, they start dancing, and then they start kissing. And then they make out. What? I was like, God damn the it! The fuck? Why? Why? This is like a season too late. Like you guys. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I can't emphasize this enough. The fuck? <laughs> It's a clothes fluke. That's what it is. And there'll be no more fluking. Not ever. <laughs> then they almost kiss again. And Xander's like, we got to get out of these clothes right now. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't mean. No, I didn't either. And uh, it was it was actually a fairly funny moment after yeah, it that. Was a very funny moment. But it's like, God However, damn. However, fuck you both. You're but not both, each other. No. You're both dating like, other people. Yeah. And you, I thought you both got over this shit like a season ago. And well, granted, Xander, you're never happy. Willow, you're happy. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And I mean, why was, why was he, oh, he should have already been in his tux before he got there. Why is he changing in this girl's room? Why is she changing with him? Oh, she has one of those change. She has a changer thing, Rex. That makes it okay. Shouldn't he be registered somewhere? Shouldn't it like (laughs) notify people when he like enters the neighborhood? Come on. Doesn't He's he nice still, guy Xander. Doesn't he still have his dog tags from when he was a soldier? Isn't there somebody we can call? Is he chipped? <laughs> he should be. Somebody get this dog out of this poor girl's room. He won't stop humping her leg. God damn. So we go to the library where Buffy is trying to rally the troops. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, she did some quick, impressive work to cover that giant-ass chalkboard with profiles. And she's like, so this is the competition. Cordelia is my only real competition. Who's with me? Yar. I paused it and looked at the list of shit on the board. Oh. And there there is a little bit that made me laugh. Brie, the cheese... Is listed under a weakness for Cordy. Also, Xander is listed under a weakness for Cordy. And Xander is in the room. He's in the room. But the Brie made me laugh because the Brie is a is a uh, It's a reference to the Hootenanny episode. Yeah. Yeah. And that cracked me the fuck up. We get a nice line here from Buffy. She's like, a lot of people came to my coming home party. Willow says, uh, they were killed by zombies. <laughs> Buffy goes, that's a good point. <laughs> and I want to mention that she goes, that's a good point. Super chipper. And then doesn't follow up on that point. And <laughs> like, that is a point you should follow up on, Buffy. Yeah. That's a, I'm having good communication. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> kind of a response. But she wants Willow to make a database. She wants Oz to encourage fringe voting people who wouldn't normally vote yeah band musician type people and before she gets to assigning xander without anything which obviously why the fuck is xander there he's cordy's girlfriend she right should fucking know better than that well i think buffy blindsided all of them right obviously they were all just too uncomfortable to say anything until cordy walks in The 
the jobs that Buffy was assigning to the Scoobies, Cordy has already given them, and they're already doing it for Cordy. Xander, I understand. Willow, I understand to the extent that maybe she started helping Cordy before Buffy entered the race. That is the only way that I understand Willow's reasoning for leaving Buffy's campaign. Right. But I feel like she should have just said, hey, sorry, Cordy, good luck. Yeah, unquestionably. And Oz would have stayed because, as he says... As Willow goes, so does my nation. Yeah. That's because Oz is an upstanding dude, unlike the other fucking people in this fucking room. Agreed. Everybody else is pretty petty. And so the Scoobies bail on Buffy. Yeah. And so Giles walks in. He's like, well, that's a lot of fuss for a little title. Buffy says, well, you know, it's it's no fun if you don't try your best, uh, as long as fun is still in the mix. Sure, it's not like anyone takes it that seriously as she shatters a bottle single-handedly with perfect comedic timing. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty nice. So, cut to a campaign montage. Yeah! Gotta have a montage! I'm a big fan of the montage, by the way. I don't know if you knew this about me. I did not. Do go on. I (laughs) wish that I had the, the means to film myself training. Sure. Just so that someday I could cut together my own montage. (laughs) I'm also a firm believer that the montage would be the greatest superpower. (laughs) It would. Like, your power is you can montage. So no matter what the situation, you can be like, I can prepare for that. And then you enact the montage and then you're ready. Yeah, within moments. Yeah. You get to do all that work, or you get to bypass all that work. Yeah. For just a couple of moments of looking at the camera like you're constipated. I postulate that the montage is the 80s equivalent of the Matrix downloading information and shit into your brain. Ooh. (laughs) But more entertaining. (laughs) <laughs> then just cocking your head to the side and going, eh. Hey, that was groundbreaking at the time. It was. I was like, oh, I wish I could do that. I know Kung Fu. Do you, Keanu Reeves? Do you? He might actually, actually. I think he does. He probably does, actually. I decided if I ever became religious, I would worship Keanu Reeves. I'm down with that. <laughs> So if you Better wanna, than every other religion. If you want to join us in creating a cult around Keanu Reeves, give us a call at 269-743-0783. I appreciate that we have gotten people who have actually called, and that's awesome. But we have not gotten very many people calling about specific things that we have brought up. <laughs> about the things that I say to call us about. That's because the things I say to call us about are fucking ridiculous. That's Fred's job. You're fucking it up, Fred. Get on it, Fred. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Stop worshipping him, by the way. Worship Keanu Reeves instead. After the montage. (laughs) Or worship Jesus. That's fine. So we're cutting back and forth between Slayer Fest 98 participants. And it's mainly just Buffy giving out a lot of chocolate cupcakes to these high schoolers who are apparently kindergartners. Which, by the way... Those cupcakes looked fucking awesome. They were the size of large muffins. 
this montage told me one thing that if I didn't already feel like this was a completely petty first world problems kind of dispute between eight year olds. <laughs> this right? really nailed it down. Sunnydale High has not implemented any rules about selling your vote. No, <laughs> not even a little. What are these people learning about politics other than how to do them correctly? Uh, <laughs> so much so that Cordy legitimately gave Jonathan a straight just six dollars. Straight up bribe. <laughs> So we're in the class, we're in a classroom where Willow's like uh, berating herself because she feels guilty for helping Cordelia, as yeah. she should. And she says, no, I'm, I'm not a friend. I'm a rabid dog who should be shot. But there are forces at work here, dark, incomprehensible forces. And Buffy says, and I'm sure they're more important than all we've been through together or the number of times I've saved your life. And she's just being so shittily, openly manipulative here yeah. of her best friend. Like, there's a lot of shittiness going on around like, you, Buffy. It's funny, but it's also really mean. Yeah. She guilts Willow into helping her and allowing her to look at the database that Willow yeah. made up for Cordy. So they're already buying people's votes, and now she wants to cheat... By looking at the competition's data. Yep. There's a quick shot from the van down by the river. Oh, right. Establishing that the German the German twins are overhearing their travel plans, which is important later. Yep. Then we're in the hallway. Buffy's schmoozing Jonathan. And Buffy runs into Cordy. Buffy calls out Cordelia on giving out money. Yep. And I'm like, wow, who had... I mean, I was already like, wow, they're spending money on flyers for this? That seems a little heavy-handed. But then they're literally buying off individual votes. Yeah. That's too much. Um, I'm like, oh my god, I missed the 90s, when apparently $6 could buy you so many cupcakes that you don't even care about free cupcakes anymore. I'm like, come on, Jonathan. You don't come from a rich family. Well, maybe. His dad could be like a coder or something. They live in California. That yeah, probably in Silicon Valley or something. <laughs> anyway, so Cordelia says, is that any more tacky than than your I'm deep but shy campaign posters? And perfectly, Buffy responds, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and Buffy's not wrong. No, she's not. <laughs> and, and I was. she mirrored my thoughts perfectly. So Cordy says... I don't see why your pathetic need to recapture your glory days gives you the right to splinter my vote. Buffy says, how can you... Th th these are actual quotes of the day now. Buffy yep. says, how can you think it's okay to talk to people like this? Do you have parents? Cordelia. <laughs> yeah, two of them. Unlike some people. Boom! Shots yeah. fucking fired. That's, oh, man. That's the moment right there where it got out of fucking hand. Yes. That is not okay. So <laughs> Buffy says, your brain isn't even connected to your mouth, is it? Argue, argue, argue. Cordelia calls Buffy a crazy freak. Buffy calls Cordelia a vapid yep. whore. Cordy goes to walk off and, like, puts her hand on Buffy. Oh, yeah. And Buffy grabs Cordy's hand and oh, is like, yeah. don't fucking touch me yeah she's that <laughs> and she has the i'm gonna put your head so far up your ass your head comes out your own mouth <laughs> yeah like the like 
You don't fuck with the Slayer like that. No, you do not lay hands. <laughs> You'll be inside out. On the Slayer. <laughs> unless you're jonesing for a trip to Pretzel Town. And then they start the name calling. I want to be a Pretzel Butt. <laughs> pretzel Butt. <laughs> That's right. Oh, the image just popped in my head. I was avoiding that image till then. Excuse me, Mrs. Pretzel Butt. <laughs> Um, Willow gets a line that is part of another snappy transition Yep. as she's saying, this is just the worst thing cut to Willow's room that's ever happened ever. And here's the problem though. She's talking about Buffy and Cordy and Xander is talking about Willow and Xander. Yeah. So we don't quite get the double, double conversation here, but they they toy with the idea of it for yeah, a second. They do. Cuz it starts out with Willow talking about the Buffy Cordelia situation and Xander's talking about him and Willow and then later it switches where Willow's talking about them and Xander's talking about Buffy and Cordelia blah. None of the information that they have is particularly helpful. Yeah, they're like, "Oh no, what are we going to do?" And I'm like, "Nothing." Nothing, Willow. You're going to do absolutely nothing. You're going to keep dating Oz. You're going to fucking marry him. You're going to have a bunch of fucking kids and live with him for the rest of your life and love him and never tell him. You're going to lie. You're going to lie to Oz for the rest of your life or tell him. You know, it'd probably be fine if you told him. He'd probably even be cool with it. He'd be like, I understand. He's your best friend. You know, we're kids and teenagers and emotions happen because he's cool like that but other than that you're gonna do fucking nothing you're not gonna fuck xander you're not gonna kiss xander you're not gonna date xander you're gonna walk away you're gonna walk the fuck away that's what you're gonna do willow so how's your day rex and she doesn't do any of that oh well <laughs> fuck <laughs> so we're drinking bel-air brown today <laughs> by shorts brewery i actually talked to a rep from Shorts Brewery. Not oh, too- really? Yeah. We're not being sponsored by them or anything, but it just reminded Yet. me. Anyway. So, cut to homecoming night. The Scoobies pulled a fast one on Buffy and Cordy. <laughs> oh, boy, they sure they did. They hired the limo, and the only two people in the limo are Buffy and Cordy, and there's a note saying, hey, work your shit out. I still think it's massive overkill getting a limo for a two-block walk. Yeah, it is definitely overkill. Like, okay, good execution, but it costs you a limo. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess that does properly illustrate the depth of importance that they work out their shit. Yeah. But it doesn't work so well because they immediately start fucking bickering about the goddamn corsages. Yeah. They establish that this limo is being driven by one of the German twins. So they think that Cordelia is Faith. Right. Neither of them noticed that this ride took way longer than it should have and that they're out in the middle of fucking nowhere now. And even still, they did nothing but bicker the whole time. Yep. And so they get to nowhere. And they're still bickering about the corsages. 
they're bickering for a moment outside the limo, and then they're like, oh, wait, where the fuck are we? Well, this is problematic at best. And we see a fucking old school CRT television yeah. with a VHS player hooked up to a car battery. I was like, where are they getting power? Oh, there's a car battery. And a they big sign that says play me. They still would have needed some sort of adapter or modulator or something to keep that from oh, making yeah. the TV fry. Not an easy setup. <laughs> Not an easy setup. But I'll, you know, it was a brief moment and I'll take their word for it that it worked. Sure. The video we see is Mr. Trick explaining what Slayer Fest is. This is when we find out that they have mistaken Cordy for Faith. Mm hmm. Then the message self-destructs as the TV blows up. Oh, <laughs> I just assumed it blew up because it was a chintzy setup. Anyway. I mean, little column A, little column B. Or that it had been shot by right. somebody That's hunting them. That's what my them. assumption was, that it had been shot. That makes more sense. Cut real quick to Homecoming. Oz is on stage. Xander and Willow are super mopey. Faith is being Faith. Uh, Faith was the only one that wasn't being really obnoxiously annoying. Right. Okay, Giles. Giles was hilarious here. Yes. I, I thought they were going to do more with this. I haven't brought up a, a quote of the day yet. Okay. This is one of them. You, you want Giles? I oh, want this one. Damn it. He rushes up and he says, we have to find Buffy. Something terrible has happened. Just kidding. I thought I'd give you a scare. Are those finger sandwiches? <laughs> The look on his face. He's like, oh, those finger sandwiches. He <laughs> spins around and he's like, I need some fucking finger sandwiches. Giles, were you high? <laughs> I think he was Maybe high. Maybe he confiscated some weed previously <laughs> that day. Some weed and a skateboard. Come on, Ripper. That smoked pot. That's my Ripper <laughs> right there. Some Ripper reefer. There's very little Giles in this episode, but all the Giles we get in this episode is fucking excellent. So I, I like that Faith pointed out just before that happened that Scott is dancing with this other chick and she's all super protective of Buffy. Some some nice Faith and Buffy solidarity here. Also, Scott has a type. Yeah. <laughs> she was definitely the, the same build and type. Same build, roughly same height. And blonde. Yep. He needs somebody normal and not complicated because... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so cut back to the woods. Yep. Buffy triggers a bear trap and manages to step out of it. I couldn't tell if she did it on purpose or if it was reflexes. Well, Cordy noticed it and says, look out first. And then she like pulls her leg out. And then a dude steps out. With a gun, and she picks the bear trap up and throws it at him. Yeah, she hucks this <laughs> triggered bear trap at him. I couldn't figure out. He ends up with the bear trap on his leg. He steps, he gets hit with the bear trap that she throws, and he steps backwards into a second bear trap. <sighs> I rewatched it like four fucking okay. times. <laughs> All right, well, I'm glad you did, because I was ready to be like, man, that's some slayer magic right there. <laughs> Not the same bear trap. So they use this moment as leverage to get information out of this guy on the on the other people that are hunting them. This dude has not been trained to withstand any level of torture whatsoever. He's probably one of those big game hunters that pays like a million dollars to go into a preserve. He's and like that werewolf hunter. Yeah. I thought that it was the werewolf hunter. 
Honestly, for just a moment, right? I think it was. It might have supposed to have been the same character, possibly, because they brought back Lyle. The, but yeah, he the dude explains there's Lyle and his wife, and then there's the two Germans and some spiny dude. and he tells her what weapons they all have and we transition uh back to the dance by we see uh robbie the dinosaur's knives fly into a tree while he's while he's got terrible aim because the only reason i can imagine that he would throw the knives at the tree would be to intimidate them but in this kind of a moment you're not going for intimidation you're going for a kill shot right so that was really dumb. Yeah. Maybe he only discovered last week that he could grow these spiny things. <laughs> and spawn <laughs> them out of his arms. I hope he drinks milk. A lot. You'd need a lot of <laughs> calcium to generate those things. Unless he you know, picks them up and puts them back later. They say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays. But um, I've learned to be afraid. story about that alligator cut back to homecoming faith is fucking brutal and has buffy's back brutal but amazing <laughs> i you know did you write down what she actually said i did she's excellent such, she's such a shitty person and <laughs> jimmy crack corn i don't give a shit <laughs> right because <laughs> But if Jimmy cracks corn and no one cares, why does he keep doing it, Brian? So she walks up, interrupts Scott with his date, and says, Scott, there you are, honey. Hey, good news. Doctor says the itching and burning should clear up, but we gotta keep using the ointment. Okay. My favorite part, though, is that her hand motions and everything. Oh, yeah. This. Very all about the groin area. <laughs> The look his date gives her and the look he gives his date, they're both confused and he has lots of explaining to do. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, it's so... You got some explaining to do. (laughs) Just... Especially... I didn't do it, baby, I swear. Especially if you add extra context to this scene. Think about it. There's no way this girl doesn't know that he recently broke up with somebody. And this yep. other woman who is not his ex-girlfriend comes in and is like, hey, we have shit in our junk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Shit. Oh, God. Okay. Faith. Faith. You have my heart. She does. <laughs> I think she has a lot of people's hearts, Rex. We're going to have to get in line. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Cut to Giles. I suspect this finger food <laughs> contains actual fingers. Xander and Willow are like, yeah, like super mopey now. I think trying giving a good run for the money for the the broody trophy. <laughs> they, <laughs> damn it, Willow! You have no idea how broody I am. I mean, I have a clue. Uh, <laughs> well, to be f- no, actually, what I really think was going on here is they're trying really hard not to be all over each other while Cordelia is gone and Oz is on stage, and they feel super awkward about interacting now. Yeah. So it's it's partially mopiness and broodiness. And it's but they're mostly also, hormones. They're also just trying to be good people. 
And kudos to that, at least. Yeah. But, and they're really beating themselves up about this thing. Yep. Which I think is really just a product of fucking puritanical bullshit bullshit regarding sexual hangups but anyway so cut to the woods cabin in the <laughs> right i was really hoping ash was gonna bust in right it was that kind of cabin and be like let's get down to business and Cordy says i'm not safe i'm going to die you are if you just stand there <laughs> because cordy is proving herself to be completely fucking useless well, she's also having a little bit of a sweet moment. She's panicking because she's worried she won't get to tell Xander how much she loves him. Yeah. And she won't have time to figure out whether or not these feelings are legitimate or if it's temporary insanity, as she puts it. But anyway, blabbity blabbity. I thought it was I thought the most notable part here was that she's looking for weapons <laughs> and she finds a spatula and a phone <laughs> and she chooses the spatula. Is that all you found? And she says, yeah, just this and a telephone. A telephone? You didn't think that'd be helpful? (laughs) Well, no, this is better for... And then like... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That whipping sound that we all love to make (laughs) with sticks when we're like five years old. And then as she's doing it, her facial expression goes, oh. Oh. (laughs) I mean, to be fair... If you find a phone in a cabin in the woods, you pretty much assume it doesn't fucking work. But it does. But it did. And we cut to the old dude tracking them on a computer. And he says, you're about to see why Daniel Boone and those idiot demons are creatures of the past and why I'm the future. And I'm like, yeah, you've got one foot in the grave, but you're the future. Can someone kill this dude already? I he, I'm, he doesn't die, and that upsets me. So my criticism here was he can randomly pick up a single landline in a whole wide open right. geographic area. I mean, I'm no hacker, but I don't think his Atari game has that capability here. Your depiction is not accurate. <laughs> Heavy emphasis on... Uh, Fiction in the science fictiony yep. moment. And so he, whatever, he manages to cut off the phone line. Right. But before, before that happens, Buffy does call Giles and leaves a partial message and yes. the phone goes dead. His hacking is completely ineffectual because she still gets a message out to Giles, which is enough well i mean he doesn't have time to do anything about it before he gets knocked out and then we get this whole bit about why buffy finds it so fucking important to be homecoming queen what it boils down to is she wants proof that she was chosen for something other than being the slayer right and i thought it was an awesome moment when she's like besides as she cocks the gun i look cute in a tiara (laughs) but at this moment spiny demon comes through the window Buffy fights him with antlers from the wall. Yeah. And Cordy is attacking him with a spatula. (laughs) Did she actually use it? She was slapping him with it and wasn't doing anything. He wasn't paying any attention to it because it's a spatula. Right. And then Buffy's like, Cordy, get the gun. And Cordy grabs the gun and aims and shoots the wall in a bottle. And Buffy goes, Cordy, get the spatula. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So the fight goes about as well as you'd expect from Robbie the Dinosaur. Old dude is talking to the brothers. 
They need specific directions from the old dude to aim. Yeah, no, these guys are useless. Buffy grabs Cordy and they jump out a window and the spiny dude turns and goes to jump out a window and bounces off the fucking shutters (laughs) and lands right on the fucking grenade just just as it explodes. As it explodes. And his head went splat. Yeah. I think we need a moment of silence for spiny dude. And moment of silence for spiny dude over. Um... (laughs) Buffy, you made some bad choices. You just might have to live with some consequences. This isn't over. If I have to, I'll go all the way to the mayor. Or we cut back to the library where Tweedledee and Mrs. Tweedledee uh, think a fucking crossbow is going to be enough to stop Buffy. Giles is unconscious. Then we cut back to layer 3.0 control room with the old man again. Um, He's still playing his Atari game. At this point, I didn't know that he was actually tracking Buffy and Cordelia. And I was like, how does he think he's tracking Buffy and Cordelia? So there's a knock at the door. And Mr. Trick gets fucking abducted. By the police. (laughs) Yeah. They're not completely useless. I mean, they are completely useless, but we kind of know why now. In the school hallway... Buffy says, Jungle Bob and Spike Head are down and out. We've lost the Germans twice, but they seem to keep finding us. If we take them out and the Gorches, we can still make homecoming. And I just love that the whole time this is going down, they are still just as seriously motivated to get back to homecoming as they are to survive. 17-year-old girls, man. (laughs) They have specific goals. Not only that, but (laughs) Buffy's just... And Cordelia, even to a point, are just experienced enough at this that they're not in panic or flight or flight, fight right? or flight mode. This is just normal ish for them. But they're seasoned. Now, they walk into the library, and I, this is the moment I have to mention this. They walk into the library, and Candy, Lyle's wife, Candy grabs Buffy by the arm. Why didn't they just immediately shoot them with a fucking crossbow the moment they walked through the goddamn door they had the fucking crossbow in their fucking hands? That is a good question, Rex. Are you going to answer it? No. I didn't think so. I got nothing. Moving the fuck on. There is no good answer for that. (laughs) I have an answer. It's because then Buffy couldn't have killed her with a spatula. (laughs) That's why. A spatula. You died by a spatula. And so Mr. Gorch. (laughs) Lyle is like, oh, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to fuck you up. And Cordy steps up and Cordy. Cordy. Did you write down Cordy's line? Yeah, I did. So Cordy's line is brilliant. Cordy says, yeah, I hear you, you redneck moron. You got a dress that goes with that hat? <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna... And she's like, um, you're gonna what? And this was brilliant because Buffy was pseudo-unconscious. Yeah. Because she got whacked in the face super hard by Candy just before she took out Candy. Yep. So Cordelia had her wits the fuck about her. And she knew that her only chance was intimidation. And knowing that he thought that she was a slayer, she had an ace in the hole. But we also know, as the viewer, that he is a chicken shit. Yes. And he ran away. He's run away before, so this makes perfect sense. Yes, and he runs away again. Yes. And this is why this man survives. Right? (laughs) Yeah. 
I don't remember if he comes back again or not. He doesn't. And now, oh, that's unfortunate. I was going to say I kind of hope he does. So they realize really quickly that the Germans are still after them. Yep. And they're like, well, hey, we got these free corsages. And Giles is like, uh, they didn't give you free corsages. And they're like, shit, we're being tracked. So Buffy rigs up a wet toilet paper trap <laughs> for when the Germans break in. She murders them with spitballs. He directs them to kill Buffy and Cordy, but it's not Buffy and Cordy. She lures them into a classroom. Yep. She whips the things at their backs. And so they get instructions to shoot in each other's direction through a wall and simultaneously take each other out. In and that. they're both the kind of dumbasses that the moment they're shot, they continue to choose to hold the trigger. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, isn't that special? So... In the mayor's office, real quick, blah, 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 the mayor's recruiting Mr. Trick. I rather enjoyed their both of their characters and the way they interacted to the dance. Cordy and Buffy come up. They look like shit. Xander's like, my God, what did you do to each other? Buffy says, long story. Cordy says, got hunted. Apparently not that long. <laughs> Tell you one thing, though, you don't want to mess with Cordelia. Xander's like, mm-hmm. He fucking knows. <laughs> so, and so Cordelia's like, after all we've been through tonight, this whole who gets to be queen capade thing seems pretty damned important, interrupts Buffy. And then, yeah, it's a tie between the other two girls. Yep. Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. Give, give, give me more! Nights, I shall walk Hold on. You've got something here. Beer with Buffy would like to announce a t-shirt contest. A wet t-shirt contest? No, not a wet t-shirt contest. A free t-shirt contest. Hey, that's even better! <laughs> that means you don't have to see me and Rex standing next to each other in wet t-shirts. No one wants to see that. You're welcome! Coming September, we will be selling t-shirts for Beer with Buffy. We want to offer you, our listener, a chance to win said t-shirt before we start selling them. That's crazy! From the airing of this episode on June 3rd till August 31st, midnight, Eastern Time, if you submitted an iTunes review, take a screenshot of you submitting the iTunes review, and email that screenshot to us, you'll be entered in a drawing for the t-shirt. Full contest rules will be on our Patreon. Like you guys! It's totally a contest! How did you feel about this episode, Rex? I think I'm mad at the story. <laughs> I couldn't believe that it took as long as it did for Buffy to know that anything was wrong. Right. They've never done that with an episode up to this point. It's always, hey, some shit goes down within the first 20 minutes of the episode, and Buffy spends the rest of the episode sussing it out. Yeah, the shit didn't hit the fan till the climax. Till the last minute, and she she spent the whole episode campaigning to be the prom queen. That was a change in format. Yeah, and I like that they're changing it up like that. And that I do like that. She's still struggling with this I want a normal life thing, even though she's accepted the being the Slayer thing. So we're seeing more character growth in comparison to character regression. The whole episode strikes me as 
she's slowly coming to terms with being the Slayer. Yeah. And I think the entire reason the homecoming thing came about was solely because Cordy just failed to tell her about the fucking class pictures. It was purely out of spite. Yeah. She would have settled for just getting her damned picture in the yearbook. Exactly. And Cordy had to fucking ruin it. And the only reason she gave any shits whatsoever about the homecoming was Cordy gave shits about the homecoming. Yes, and she wanted her revenge. It was petty, but I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, like, I can still be that petty sometimes. Oh, fuck yeah. And as a teenager, dear God, yes. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing but petty in your brain at that age. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your quote of the day? My quote of the day is Giles. We have to find Buffy. Something terrible has happened. (laughs) Just kidding. Thought I'd give you a scare. Are those finger sandwiches? I love that you picked a quote that I brought up. I was partially just being spiteful because I was mad I didn't get to read it. So That's fine. Yeah. You can reread this one because I, (laughs) I failed to write it down. Not the whole speech. That Mr. Trick gives about Slayer Fest. Oh, yeah. But just the spiny dude part. (laughs) Sure. So you're choosing Mr. Trick's line where he says, We all have the desire to win. And whether we're human, vampire, and whatever the hell you are, my brother, you got some spiny looking head thing going on. I've never seen that before. Yes, that one. Yeah, that one. (laughs) I, I thought that was a pretty good quote. Yeah. There it is. So this has been Beer with Buffy. Find us on iTunes. Give us a review, especially if you want to win that t-shirt. T-shirt! Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Find us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Beer with Buffy. A special thank you to Benjamin Alexander for our opening and closing music. Thank you to Reggie Page for our transition music. As always, this has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. done why are we watching this